0: You know, and he's content, he's happy, he's got a friend, he's fishing. Like, nothing is wrong. Everything is good. He's got enough. Everything is fine, right? And that's the story that we started with. You know, God created this garden for us to live in, this beautiful, abundant garden. And there's trees everywhere, and there's food everywhere, and we have enough, and that's enough, right? But then something is discovered. Schmeigel discovers a ring. Now, this ring is really of no extra special use to Schmeigel. He doesn't need it. He didn't need anything before he had the ring. He didn't need the ring when he had the ring, but there was something about that ring that captured his heart. And it just took a hold of him and he wanted it so bad. And it gave him long life and it gave him power. And he just, he desired it and it consumed him. Adam and Eve discovered something as well. The knowledge of good and evil. They discovered the ability to seek after something that God did not want them to seek after. They saw an ability to gain for themselves something that God had not provided. They saw a new path for leaving God behind and gaining something else. And it consumed them. And like all of the rest of humanity after Adam and Eve, we are consumed with finding things for ourselves outside of what God has provided. And the movie is just a beautiful depiction the physical change in Gollum, the way it, it shrivels him up and tears away at his physical being is such a beautiful, well, beautiful is probably the wrong word, but such a, an incredible representation of the way that that greed, that desire, that sin, as the Bible calls it, has changed and shriveled and disfigured and overwhelmed humanity's souls. And we see this in the world, right? We see the way that greed has corrupted people. And we see it in, in out in the stories in the world of, of, of people just doing awful things to each other in the name of money. And then if we're feeling uh, sort of daring, then we kind of often see it in our own hearts as well sometimes. The desire to gain for ourselves outside of what God has given us. Our hearts are turned away from God and towards ourselves, just like Adam and Eve were. And we've come a long way from the joy and the contentment of the Garden of Eden. And just like the movie, this greed that has captured us and controls us is destined to lead to our demise. This picture of Gollum jumping into the volcano with the ring in his hand and a smile on his face as his death comes, holding that which he never needed in the first place. Isn't that a picture? A picture of what greed does to us, of of wanting for ourselves, of turning our hearts towards ourselves, it leads us away from God and it leads us to our own demise. However, that's where the story of Gollum and our story changes. That's where we go on two different paths because Gollum had no one to come and save him. No one came down and fixed his problem for him. But we have someone who's done that. Just like the video said, God was not content, our host was not content to let us ruin the party with our attitudes. So he came down himself. He came down, he lived in our space, in our world. And he showed us a different way. And he introduced something. And he says to us, the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them, to give us a rich and satisfying life. That's our theme for this whole series because that's what Jesus wants for us. He wants to remove the 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 greed, the, the sinful attitudes that we have that have drawn us away from him and have ruined our lives. And he wants to show us another way, another path, another party. And he introduces a new world order, a new kingdom. And he calls it the kingdom of God. And he says, In this kingdom, we are gonna go back to the way it was in the garden. I'm going to remove this desire from your hearts. I'm going to remove the greed and the sinfulness from humanity. I am going to remove this this lie that we have got in our heads that there is not enough for us and we have to hoard it for ourselves. And I'm going to show you once again the abundance of what I'm offering to you and that there will be enough and that will be enough. And he shows us this beautiful new kingdom. Then he left. He died. He, he came back to life. He, he purchased our ticket to this new kingdom. He created a pathway. He opened the door and then he left. Having introduced this kingdom, he went back to heaven. But the kingdom wasn't quite established yet. He left the world while the world was still Broken. The old world order was still in place, but he left with this taster, this sort of footprint, this sort of like, he's got his foot in the door, this sort of space like an embassy for the kingdom. This new kingdom, and he's created a spot where the kingdom exists within the world that we live in. And he calls that the church. And he says, in this space, with this group of people who who follow me and who see that I am their king, in that space, I will show the world what this new kingdom is going to be like. I will reveal the culture of this kingdom. Like ambassadors, I will send out my people to go and show people and invite them into this kingdom so that when I return, I can bring the kingdom into full power. And we will have many people to share in that new party. The question is, how do we do that? How do we, how do we live that culture? Because, I mean, if we're going back to the way that it was in the garden with this sense of complete and utter trust in God and this complete and utter sense of we have enough, And I don't have to hoard for myself because we're taken care of by the host. If we want to get to that space, how do we get there? Because we are so far from that place in this world. And our culture is so far from the culture that Jesus has brought about in the kingdom of God. How, How can we realistically try to live out that culture in our world? How do we move back in the direction of the garden? How do we turn Gollum back into Schmeagel? It seems like a tall task. And it's a big question. Not just with money, but with all things. I mean, how do we go from where we are now to where Jesus says we are going to be? There's this huge gap. And it's a lifelong question. I want to answer it quickly with a couple of points before I move into a very specific thing that we can do. Firstly, we need to recognize that we can't do it by ourselves. We're not bridging that gap by ourselves. Jesus left, but then he sent his spirit to come and to be with us, to walk with us day by day, to live in us somehow. I don't know exactly the mechanics of that. But he is with us every step of the way. And he is the one who is changing our hearts and slowly moving that needle back from into ourselves to pointing towards him. That's why our, our, and he's given us also a family to help each other, right? We don't do this by ourselves, and we don't just do it by ourselves and the Holy Spirit. We do it with the Holy Spirit and our family. This is why, for Church Northwest, our mission statement begins with helping each other. Because we're all in this together. We're all trying to turn back the dial, trying to get ourselves back to that space. Secondly, we need to recognize that we take it step by step. I've got a theme song of a 90s TV show going through my head now. God never intended for us to simply become perfect. Like, I am going to give my life to God and then next day I'm good. Everything is fine. That's just not how it works. He never intended that we would be able to do that. But he did intend that we continue day by day taking the next step that is in front of us. That's why the second part of our mission statement is helping each other take our next step towards Jesus. This is who we are as a community. So, as we contemplate Gollum and his greed, and and we contemplate how we can reverse those destructive patterns, what is the next step that we can take? What is the step that Jesus offers us to take to help change our hearts back towards him? I want to read from you the, actually the continuation of the passage we looked at last week. Last week we were in Luke 12 and we're talking about not worrying. And he says, don't worry about life's necessities. Don't worry about what you're going to eat or what you're going to wear because check out the birds. They don't worry about that. The flowers don't worry about that. You shouldn't worry about that as well. And it ended with this statement. He says, seek the kingdom of God above all else and he will give you everything that you need. That's the host talking, saying, if you concentrate on my party, If you concentrate on what I am doing in the world, on who I am as the cosmic host, and what I am trying to show the world, you focus on that, I'll take care of what you need. And then it goes on, he says, So don't be afraid, little flock, for it gives your father great happiness to give you the kingdom. And then he says, and this is where it gets hard, He says, so sell your possessions and give to those in need. This will store up treasure for you in heaven. And the purses of heaven never get old or develop holes. Your treasure will be safe. No thief can steal it. No moth can destroy. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be. So last week we looked at worry versus trust. Trust. And it makes sense that greed is so closely connected with fear and worry, isn't it? We often think of greed as like, as this really sort of horrible thing that we do because we just want more and we don't care about anyone else. But a lot of times greed, the way the Bible describes greed, is really just fear that we can't share what we have because we need it. We might need this later. I don't know what's coming around the bend. I need to plan for that. I need to make sure that I have enough for me and mine. That's my responsibility, right? Men, we feel this one a lot. You know, we've got to go and provide and we are got to make sure that everything is right there so that my family will have what they need. We're afraid that we won't have enough, just like the video said. So we hoard and we, we grip so tightly onto what we have. But Jesus comes in and he addresses those fears. He says, don't worry about that. Because check out what I am giving you. I'm not just inviting you into a banquet. I'm giving you the kingdom. It is your kingdom. You are going to have so much. Not only will you have what you need, but you are going to have immeasurably more than you could even imagine or want. I've given you so much. So don't worry. Don't stress that. There's a reason the kingdom of God is often described as a banquet. Because there is, it's just this picture of a lavish feast. Did I, did I do Siri on that one? I've done that before. Siri has got a comment to make about the... But the banquet is this lavish feast. There's more food than you could possibly eat at a banquet. That's the picture we have. So we'll not need to worry about living and life. We can just enjoy being at the party. Like the video said, we can enjoy the presence of God. That's true freedom, is it not? That's true freedom. And again, we say, how do we get to that space? And Jesus gives us the perfect way to demonstrate that we are trusting, that we believe that this banquet is coming, that we believe that our host has got enough for us. He says, give. Give away. Show me that you know that I've got you. Release. Your grip on your money. Give it away. Jesus wants us to loosen our grip on our money so that we can experience the freedom of being fully provided for. It's like going on a holiday, you know, and finding out when you get to the resort that everything's been covered. Isn't that amazing? Like, oh man, because I had budgeted like, two meals a day and because <laughs> we were going to be skint on this holiday and then suddenly everything's covered ah oh, what joy is that suddenly it's like oh man i can enjoy like we can do what we want right we can we can lay back we can enjoy we can feast the holiday has suddenly become a true holiday that's what he wants for us but this is not something that comes naturally for us because like i said we have come so far from the Garden of Eden where that would have been natural. We have come so far down this path of needing and and hoarding and worrying that we need to practice. We need to practice that trust. That's not just going to happen. We're not going to just say, Oh, yeah, you know what? Today, I'm good, God. You've got this. We train ourselves like any muscle in our body. And we train it by giving. And he says, give. Don't give to me because I need it. Give to me because you need to give. And he showed us what this is going to be like. In Acts chapter 2, it says all of the believers, all right, so this is the earliest church, said all of the believers met together in one place, if you want to flick to the next slide there, shared everything that they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. What an extravagant community. Now again, they practiced the culture of the kingdom of God. This is what the kingdom of God looks like. And everyone in the community had enough and they made sure that everyone had enough by sharing with them. Everyone had enough and that was enough. But again, this picture can be intimidating to think about. Our world looks so different than it did 2,000 years ago, didn't it? I mean, we we just, like, they didn't have Wi-Fi and Netflix. I mean, they just didn't understand the things that are going on in our world, the needs that we have, the things that we need to kind of piece together. And I also recognize that a lot of people have a lot of scars from conversations like this in the church, and it has not always been done well. So again, let's just take this step by step. We don't have to be an Acts 2 community tomorrow, but we can start moving in that direction. I've got a couple of things I think will be very helpful. The first one's going to sound a little self-serving, but I promise you it is not. Start with tithing. From the beginning of the Bible story, God says to his people, Take the first 10% of everything that you earn and give it to me. Not because he's trying to make his budget, but because he knows how hard it is for people to trust him. And this is an active way of saying, you have given me everything that I have. I'm going to assign the first 10%, that's what tithe literally means, the first 10%, the first tenth to you as a statement that I trust that you will take care of me with the other 90%. And if the other 90% is not enough, you'll figure out a way. I'm going to give that 10% no matter what. That's what he called for people to do. I think that is a beautiful statement. I think it's a beautiful thing to do to say, I trust God, whether I feel like I trust him or not, I'm going to actively trust him and I'm going to take that money and I'm going to send it off immediately first and then I'm going to figure out a way to live on the 90%. And God, use your wisdom and use my community to help me with this. So I recommend doing that. Maybe starting at 10% is a bit hard if you're not in the practice of that. Start off with something. The Bible's clear that it's not about the amount, it's about the attitude. So figure out what you can do. Think about that. And as a bonus, know that if you give your tithe to the church, we're using it to extend his kingdom as well. And we're using it to make sure that this functions well and to make sure that we can help in the community as we can. And many of you are. And it's a beautiful thing. We've been very impressed. We've been looking at some of the numbers. And, and we're actually doing really well for the offerings coming into the church. You know, you guys are, are trusting God and, and are partnering and investing in what we're doing here, which is beautiful. So thank you for that. If there's any questions that you have about tithing, about giving, please come and talk to me. I'll be more than happy to do that. So that's the first thing, tithing. The second thing is to ask God to illuminate opportunities for generosity. So we have this sort of, I give my 10% and this sort of like an automatic movement, an automatic action so that I trust God no matter what's going on in my life. But then we also ask God to sort of open our hearts up to see people around us, to see need, and to illuminate ways that we can help. Now, we cannot fix everything. We cannot give to everything. We cannot fix all of the world's problems. That's why we ask God to illuminate them for us. Because like I said last week, I think it was last week, yeah, we talked about God sitting at His chessboard and moving His pieces around. And he's like, you know what? I've got this issue over here and I know just the person to go and work on that. So Lawrence, you're going to move into this space here and I want you to give to this situation. That's God working his system. So illuminate our minds to seeing that. And that helps us as a community to see the needs going on within our community and to start building that Acts 2 type situation where we look after each other. And I see a need from my brother and sister over here, so I'm, I'm just going to take care of this over here. I don't need the church as an institution to step in before I'm just going just to help. What can I do? Can I make a meal? Can I, can I sort of help pay a bill? Or can I sort of spend some time? It could be all sorts of different things. There's a couple of things coming down the line, actually, that could be very helpful um, as well for specific examples. Um, Next week we're going to be talking about the back to school project. Uh, We supported this last year um, as a chance to help um, kids who don't have enough to have uh, the stationery they need to start school. And so we partner with an organisation that gives backpacks and stationery to them. So next week, uh, Jen Cherry, who heads that organisation, she's going to come and she's going to share about that. That's an opportunity. Um, I talked a little while back about um, care packages for hospice. Remember we were talking about the end of life referendum and of course that went ahead and, and passed so that's going to happen in a year's time. Um, and so we talked about how we could possibly help in this situation. So if that's something that sparks, I don't have the time and space to drive that one myself. But that's something as a community we might be able to do or some other way of, of reaching into people's lives in a hurting moment and provide some love and care. So that might be something as well. All right, I'm going to end, I promise you, um, but I want to end uh, with a verse in Malachi. This has often been misquoted um, and misunderstood as well. But God is talking to his people. And he says, bring all of the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. Because he's just accused them of stealing from him because they weren't tithing. He says, if you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, very intentional sort of name there. This is a big powerful God. If you do that, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. Do you know how often God asks us to put him to the test? Not often. In fact, most of the time he says, don't test me, trust me. All right? He says, just do as I say. All right? But here he says, no, no, no. Test me. Go on, try it. See what happens. Just open up your heart a little bit. Just open up your wallet a little bit more. Just be a little less grippy. and Just watch. Now, this is not a place where I'm going to say you will then get lots of riches, okay? This is not a money-for-money money type scenario. God can do whatever He wants, and maybe it would be, but the blessings will come. Just watch what happens. Try it. Give it a go. And see, test the Lord on His faithfulness when we show some faithfulness to Him. All right? All right? I'm going, to, I'm going to pray. Lord, I thank you for this series, uh, Financial Freedom. Lord, you, honestly, you, you need to do nothing more than just say, give me all your money because I told you to. Um, you could have just left us to the destruction that greed brings. There's so many paths you could have taken. You are the Lord of all creation. We don't deserve freedom of any kind from you. But you want to give us life, a rich and satisfying life. You want to give us financial freedom. Thank you for showing us the path towards that. You're you're wonderful to us. Help us, Lord, to, to trust you fully and completely. You have provided so much. You are going to provide so much more. And we don't always understand how. We don't see it. But Lord, help us to trust. And then show us. Show us the true magnificence of your generosity. It's in your name we pray. Amen.